0: Good morning, you're listening to The Joe Sanchez Show. I am your host, Joseph Sokolovsky sanchez Welcome to week five of the show. This week, yet again, we have another full show for you. A lot of stuff going on. Yet again, more moving parts. A lot of things going down. Okay? Also, don't forget, follow me on Twitter at JSSanchez1998. Getting a lot of engagement. We need more. Come on down. Check it out, see what's going on. Um you can also find us on BuzzSprout and iTunes. Again, it's the Joe Sanchez show dot That address again is the Joe Sanchez show, one word, dot And iTunes, just look up the Joe Sanchez show. Look for the black American flag. That's me. Okay, so uh, first story of the day, Broward County Sheriff, uh, Sheriff Israel, is uh, undergoing a vote of no confidence. Now, as you guys remember, uh, Sheriff Israel is the sheriff, the Broward County Sheriff. He's in, in charge of that. He's been the sheriff since uh, 2012. But with the February 14th uh, shooting... At uh, Parkland, he has been uh, basically under fire. He's been uh, criticized by pretty much everybody from the uh, students that are protesting, uh, from Kyle Kashuf and uh, his friends, the media. I mean, the, the man has been catching flack left and right. And to be completely honest with you, he's been catching flack for good reason, he basically failed everybody he's he's failed his constituents he failed the uh students of parkland he has failed everybody so now he's undergoing a vote of no confidence uh the vote started uh this friday uh from what I understand uh, they're gonna be the final vote is gonna be on uh April 26th. By the way, remember uh that date, April 26th, and I'll get to that uh here in a few minutes. And um like I said April 26th will be the the final vote. Um his response to it is he's calling it a ploy by a union boss. I don't know if that's true. I haven't seen I haven't seen anything as of yet. But it's definitely something to uh, keep your eye on um, in the near future. Now, what I was telling you, April 26th, 10 a.m., Diamond and Silk will be going in front of Uh, Congress, if you don't know who Diamond and Silk are, Diamond and Silk are sisters from North Carolina, they are uh, black conservatives, they are very, very, very vocal Trump supporters, Um, and they're absolutely uh, hilarious, but if you haven't been uh, keeping up, you don't know what's going on, Uh, recently they have... uh, undergone censorship they received a message from facebook saying that they're they're not safe for the community i don't know what that means exactly i don't know if they mean that their brand of humor is unsafe or that you risk busting a gut because they make you laugh so much Unsafe. I, I don't. I don't know. And, and to this day, Facebook still hasn't explained it uh, clearly to Diamond and Silk. Uh, thus, they're not able to explain it to us. But what we do know is is that um, they were mentioned a lot during the Mark uh, Zuckerberg uh, testimony last week, and Ted Cruz brought it up. Uh, Tim Scott brought it up. I know a couple other, uh, one other, I think one other senator and a, uh, a couple other, uh, congressmen brought it up, but Diamond and Silk are actually going to go before Congress and they're going to give their testimony and pretty much let everybody know what they're seeing. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to probably bring up, uh, also Terrence K. Williams, uh, a black conservative uh, comedian who uh, he recently got banned from Facebook for pointing out that he was being abused or that he received abuse from a, another Facebook user um, so that might get mentioned but it's definitely something you guys you guys are definitely going to want to pay attention to it is some i mean keep your eye out for this cuz i i expect this to be very i expect it to be very entertaining very awesome and it's hard to actually say something that's for congress is entertaining however what's not entertaining is learning that the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, has decided to launch a civil RICO lawsuit against the uh, President Trump's campaign. Various campaign staffers, including Trump's son, Donald Trump Jr., WikiLeaks, Julian Assange, the Russian Federation, and specific Russian officials and operatives, as reported here in the Washington Examiner. Now, I have to say, um, this is not very, very intelligent. This is by far from the, the land of fantasy and make believe. Because, I mean, with, with the, uh, Mueller investigation going on, with, with, you know, everything that's been, uh, going on with Comey and the latest revelations, uh, about McCabe and, uh, the, ...the Mueller investigation... ...I mean, they just cannot let it... ...they just cannot... ...let this... Uh, ...Trump... ...Russia conspiracy go... ...they can't let it... ...they just can't... ...let... ...go... ...you know, they can't, you know, do like the song... ...Frozen, you know, let it go... ...let it go... ...they can't do that... ...and so they come up with this frivolous law... Lo- ...they come up with this frivolous lawsuit... In which it, it it makes no sense. So they're suing the Trump campaign, various Trump officials, WikiLeaks, Julian Assange, several uh, Russian officials. And here's the three main uh, items in which they're they're talking about. They're talking about the hacking of the DNC computers. The jokes that Trump made about the 30,000 emails, everyone remembers that uh, Trump made a joke that if Russia had the 30,000 emails, it would be nice if they would release them. It was a joke. Apparently, sarcasm is lost on the Democratic National Committee. And tweets in which Donald Trump and others uh, shared or retweeted links from WikiLeaks and Julian Assange. You you see where where this is going. Honestly, I don't... I'm not a legal expert, by far, but I don't see this going uh, very far. I don't see them really getting uh, too far with this, because, first thing... As far as the hacking of the DNC computers I have a uh, I have another article here this is from the Daily Caller from July of last year or pardon me, June of last year June 24th of last year and it basically outlines everything that people missed when it came down to the uh dnc computers number one being that even though federal agents and uh, federal law enforcement have all tried to look at these computers and at, at these servers to this day the dnc has not allowed federal law enforcement to look at those servers so what does that mean well they're lying about something plain and simple they did allow uh, a company called CrowdStrike and in this daily uh, caller article it is it is all about uh, CrowdStrike and you're gonna find a lot of names in here okay Um, if you are Currently, following Dan Bongino, who is doing. I mean, the man's on top. The man's all over it. He's like styrofoam in a hailstorm all over it. And you've been listening to his, his show. A lot of these same names that he's been talking about the last two days, right here in this article. So, uh, two of those names. One of them, uh, let's see if I can pronounce this properly Dimitri Alperovic, and Victor Pinchuk. Pinchuk. Okay, yeah, I think I, I, think I spelled that right. But these names have been coming up and coming up and they're coming up repeatedly over and over and over again. But the only people who came, <clears throat> excuse me, the only people who continue to, to mention them is, well, us on, on our side. Reason why, I mean, you have, uh, Victor Pinchuk, who gave $150,000 to Donald Trump for a video or an appearance or, or something like that, yet gave $25 million to the Clinton Foundation, nobody's nobody's saying nothing. And then you have Dmitry Alperovich, who is a part of the Atlantic Council. The Atlantic Council is funded by NATO, they're a, a, uh, a Russia hot group that is funded by, partially, by NATO and George Soros, but, again, nobody says anything. So, as far as the whole server thing, that's a, bu- that's a bunch of crap. As soon as, uh, they do Discovery, it's gonna be the whole case is going to fall apart i think in discovery because there's a lot of things that haven't come, that haven't come out and when they do come out it's not going to look good for them and by them i mean the dnc now as far as the jokes are concerned i mean come on really you you, you don't know sarcasm you are unfamiliar with, with sarcasm i mean we are. We already know that, you know, most liberals, uh, you know, the left, the radical left, I mean, they already don't know uh, conservatives. They don't understand conservatives. They don't understand those of us on the right. And the fact that they don't understand sarcasm, I mean, come on now. It, it just goes even further to, to prove that they have no idea about us because, well, Sarcasm just happens to be one of the many services we offer for free, by the way. And then, as far as tweets, and you know, lastly, tweets. I mean, seriously, you're gonna be you're gonna complain about a weaponized tweet. You guys do it all the time. I mean, I can you know, I can get on my phone right now and just type in anybody from Alyssa Milano to Amy Schumer to oh, I don't know. Nazi Pelosi, any anybody on the left, and I can find you know 101 weaponized tweets. So it, it's it's a problem when we do it, when POTUS does it, but when you do it, it's okay. Like the tweets going, like the tweets that were made by uh, Roseanne's former husband. I don't know that moron's name, uh, Tom Arnold. There we go, Tom Arnold. He sent some some really uh, wackadoodle. Tweets about uh, Candace Owens. Nobody's saying anything about those weaponized tweets. So what? Trump did it. Big whoop. It happens. Get over it. Move on. And don't you guys have an or Don't you guys have a website? It's called MoveOn.org. Well, don't you think you should move on? Yeah. So we're gonna uh, set the example and we're gonna move on ourselves. So um, if you guys have been paying attention, as you guys are, you guys switched on. Uh, James Comey's memos have recently come out. They're lightly redacted. Um, warning, they are extremely boring. We'll include the notes, or, uh, we'll include in the show notes, uh, the scribed link where you can read all these memos. Make sure you boil a pot of coffee before you read them. They're very, very, very dry. Um, I've read, you know, U.S. Army, uh, manuals that are far more interesting than the Jim Comey memos. However, there's two memos that you need to uh pay attention to, and, and uh there's two memos that everyone is really uh keying in on, and that is the memo on January sixth of twenty seventeen and the memo on january twenty eighth of twenty seventeen. Now, Jim Comey wrote these memos, and you know, they recently come out. We've heard uh, about these memos over and over and over again, he's gone before Congress, and he he talked about these memos, um, one of these, uh, memos got leaked, and, um, they have, uh, confidential, uh, confidential, or, uh, secret designation, that's why they haven't, uh, come out just yet, but, uh, they've been recently declassified, for the most part, there are still parts that are uh, redacted. But a lot of people have been asking, why did he do this for Trump, but he didn't do this for Obama? Now, there's some people who, out there who believe that uh, Jim Comey was trying to, quote, cover his butt. Um, Usually when you do something to cover your butt, it's because you did something the right way, but you don't know how it's going to go, so you do something else to make sure that everything goes successfully. This is not one of those examples, by the way. Basically, what he wound up doing was, he wound up memorializing, quote-unquote, conversations that he had with the president and and he wound up basically shooting himself in the foot and proving himself guilty. And we will read uh, the charges because I've, I've got them all listed here. All 18 U.S.C., obviously. Um, So let, let's talk about this, this first one, January 6th. Um, This is the first meeting that uh, he had with the president. It was a pri- uh, private meeting. And it's the meeting in which he briefs uh, Donald Trump about the uh, PP dossier, or the Steel dossier, whatever you uh, prefer to call it. And it's basically, you know, about the golden showers and, you know, this, that, and the other. And he tells, he tells the president that it's, it's very salacious material, which, obviously, it is. But it's not what he told the president. Is what he decided to leave out, and what he decided to leave out was the fact that in the 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 genesis of this whole thing was started out with the Washington Free Beacon as opposition research, paid uh, through the Washington Free Beacon, who was using Fusion GPS. It was paid for by a Republican donor. But somehow it went from those people over to the uh, Clinton camp, Clinton and, uh, pardon me, DNC, and they wound up taking it to what it is right now. He never told him this. But what he did tell him was that he was trying to let Donald Trump know that this was out there before the the news got their their hooks into it, which they got their hooks into it, days later, uh, and BuzzFeed wound up printing the document in its entirety. Well, who leaked the information? And who uh, benefited from that information uh, being leaked. These are a lot of, uh, questions that are coming up. But, uh, the next meeting, the January 28th meeting, is the meeting in which he talks about loyalty. Now, if you believe, uh, Jim Comey and his, uh, side of the story, uh, Donald Trump asked him for loyalty. Now, the way he, way, he made it sound was, he tried to make it sound as if Donald Trump was looking for loyalty like he was a mob boss looking for loyalty, you know, get on the knees and kiss the ring type loyalty, but if you read the memos, and then you understand the the background of everything that was going on i mean pretty much donald trump was at, at at that time i mean everybody was just ganging up was you know just ganging up on him and i mean they still are to the they still are to this day but from uh you know reading it understanding who donald trump is he wasn't looking for loyalty as in you know kiss the ring he was looking for loyalty as in he was looking for someone who going to be out there in his corner fighting for the truth or fighting for Donald Trump's truth which i mean obviously you know is none of this stuff that that's coming out in this is is true obviously cuz i mean if you, if you've been following this, if you've been, you know, doing your doing your research, or as only you're doing your Google, you would know that a lot of this is absolute bull. But the reason why uh, all this stuff is uh, a lot of this stuff is coming up is because recently, Mister Comey decided he wanted to write a book. And that book was called A Higher Loyalty. Needless to say, um, the book is bombing. And bombing bad. It's not it's Publisher Weekly doesn't even have it uh in their top twenty five. It's not on the New York bestsellers list that I've seen. And I don't even think Ingram's is even talking about it. But with that, recently and, uh, again, we're going to include this document uh, in the show notes. But recently, a bunch of congressmen have recommended uh, charges for Mr. Comey. And let, let's look at these. Obstruction of proceedings before Congress. Uh, let's see here. The handling of public records. Or the mishandling of public records. Uh, Losing public records. False statements. Perjury. Hmm. Perjury. Oh, wait a minute. They also... The IG report also came out in which they charged Andrew McCabe of perjury. Or they recommended that he be charged for perjury. But the point I'm trying to make is is that everything is starting to, to come together. All the lies, all of the the misdeeds, all of, you know, the elbow rubbing and, and handshap, you know, secret deals and, and stuff like this, all this stuff is starting to come to light. It's starting to, to boil to the surface. And we're starting to see that all of these people, no matter what you think about Donald Trump, no matter what you you how you feel about the the 2016 election you cannot deny that this whole thing has been a setup from the beginning and that the establishment the swamp as you want to call it has been trying to railroad Donald Trump out of office with lies, more lies, damn lies, and they've no matter what they keep trying. but what this proves is is that it's all starting to fall apart, it's all starting to crack, but most importantly, it proves. That there was no need for the Mueller probe, there was no need to waste taxpayer dollars on an investigation that didn't need to happen. And I think this coming out right now, when it is May, I am not. I don't know. It may have an impact on the 2018 midterm elections, but we don't know. Cause, uh, like I said, there's more stuff to come out. Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, is currently working. This out and uh, in that document that we're going to include in the show notes, the the charging document where these congressmen ask that James Comey be charged, they're also asking for charges to be brought up against Little Red Lynch, Andrew McCabe, and I do believe Lisa Page and Peter Stroke and Hillary Clinton. So as we said a couple weeks ago, take it easy on sessions, let him do his thing. It takes a while for this stuff to to come together. More more will come, more will come out and more is coming out, okay? So keep your ears to the ground, continue paying attention, continue doing your googles continue to monitor the uh, monitor this situation as it goes down because a lot more is going to come a lot more is going to come out there is more to come there's more information out there and with the with you know the Democrats and the DNC and, and people on the hardcore left trying to push this you know this bogus Trump Russia conspiracy theory as they try to push that theory more lies are going to come out in into the light and we're going to we're going to see how rabid this effort has gotten however to uh, further illustrate the rabidity of the left recently a uh, article written in the university star and then later covered in the washington examiner is is a prime example of leftist stupidity, especially when it comes down to race and the Second Amendment. In the University Star piece, the author talks about tokenism, which she describes using the Oxford Dictionary, the practice of making only a perfunctory or symbolic effort to do a particular thing thing especially recruiting a small number of people from underrepresented groups in order to give the appearance of sexual or racial equality within a workforce she goes on to say that tokenism stems from a misguided attempt to portray diversity now in this whole piece she talks about how the organization uh, TP USA, is only doing is only doing this because you know they're trying to give the appearance of diversity they're only trying to appear as if they care about diversity but the thing is is that with this interview one you can tell that the person that wrote it did not interview Miss Antonia Okafor and she's very very uninformed as to uh, who Antonia Okafor is and what she does those of you who don't know who Antonia Okafor is, uh, Antonia Okafor is a uh, Texas native that uh, she's the CEO and co-founder of an organization called Empowered, and this organization advocates for uh, campus carry as well as uh, carry for women, women carrying firearms. Uh, if you rec- if uh, you guys recently. Heard on Twitter and saw in the it was also in the news. A young lady by the name of Brenna Spencer made a splash with a uh, picture in which she uh, tweeted, in which got retweeted a lot. Of her carrying a firearm, which she, the uh, post said, she doesn't take regular graduation photos. Which several other. Uh, conservative women have also posted their own uh, photos of them carrying their legally owned firearms. And this is what Antonia Okafor is a spokeswoman for. She is a spokeswoman for um, obviously uh, legal gun ownership. She is a uh, advocate for uh, women in Empowerment, women being able to defend themselves with a firearm. But the point that I'm trying to make here, or that I'm trying to get to, is, is that she doesn't, uh, the writer that is, doesn't attack Antonia Okafor based on Miss Okafor's ideas. She attacks her. Based on her race, which in and of itself is racist. But most importantly is that by not addressing her by the ideas and compartmentalizing Miss Okafor into this box. It's a way of marginalizing her ideas without actually addressing her ideas because she gets to ignore things like the fact that Antonia Okafor and many others like Miss Antonia Okafor, for instance, Colion Noor, who is a uh, very popular... Actually, he is the most popular commentator on NRA TV. She completely ignores their ideas. She completely ignores the fact that they've made uh decisions based on information that they have found. They they've come to these ideas on their own. And that is a no no because what her attitude is is displaying is it shows that no no you can't Leave this area, this plantation of ideas in which, you know, if you believe in in freedom and liberty and being able to defend yourself with a firearm, if you believe in individual responsibility and things of that nature, that's a no-go. You can't believe in those things. And that is what this whole thing is all about. It was about marginalizing The ideas espoused by Miss Okafor, but as well as her choices and the fact that she believes in these things in order to impugn TPUSA, which is an organization that believes in these things. Not only do they believe in these things, but uh, they align themselves with Miss Okafor, who also believes in these things, and they mutually work together to promote these things. Now, the worst part of this article is the fact that she continues on and she brings in the Killer Mike interview. Yes, the NRA TV Killer Mike interview, which you can tell that the author did not watch. And you can tell she didn't watch the interview. You can tell because she completely ignores the fact that Killer Mike was advocating for black gun ownership in the inner city. And the interview was also conducted by Coleone Noor, a black gun rights advocate who has been working with the NRA uh, TV platform for many, many years. She also ignores the fact that by Coleone Noor's own admission, he had reservations about working for NRA TV. But upon doing his own research, upon Doing his own investigation into the NRA, he came to the decision to work for the NRA. She completely ignores this, because as I said earlier, you have to ignore the ideas about the people you are trying to label with the token label. You have to ignore their ideas, you have to ignore their story, you have to ignore their background in order to marginalize them and stick them with the token label, which is exactly what this Arthur right here is trying to do. And she does it without actually addressing or challenging the ideas espoused by all of these different individuals, which is how the left likes to do it. They don't like to challenge the ideas because the ideas that... that they espoused this idea of diversity. Their idea of diversity is simply based on skin color. That's it. And if you don't believe in their idea of diversity, then you're wrong. Then you, sir, you need to be reeducated. You need to do something. There's something wrong with you if you don't believe that their idea of diversity is the right way. But for us, on the other side, we believe that diversity is all-inclusive. It's not just skin color. It's skin color, religion, thought, and ideas. That's what we believe. But, you know, they talk about how uh, diversity is all of these things, but you don't actually see it. You don't actually witness it. What you do witness is them espousing the same garbage. And basically what it boils down to, and what I think this is, is projection. I think this person is projecting their own hatred onto... Uh, people like Antonia Okafor for actually having the guts to stand up for what she believes in. Because, you know, it takes a lot, uh, it, actually, it doesn't take a lot to, uh, get behind a keyboard, you know, type 140 characters or in, you know, in this case, you know, about, I don't know, about 900 words, give or take, and put it out there, put it out there in the ether and you know go from there but it takes a lot of courage to go do your re- go do your research put something together make it intelligible and then go in front of a crowd of people at a place that you know you're going to be attacked and then go out there And defend your beliefs and your values. I think this is a projection of her own hatred of what Antonia Okafor represents, and that is strength and empowerment of both, not just women, but also of black Americans within this country. And I find that Antonio Okafor's message, as well as others, uh, Coleon, Noir, uh, Alan West, and it, I could go through the names, but we, we, you know, we would be here till the cows come home, but I find their message to be far more thoughtful. I found it, I find it to be far more engaging and more inspiring than anything that people like this uh Timmy, whatever her, her name is, I find their message to be far more inspiring than anything that anyone on the left has because, I mean, just to be completely honest with you, there are two types of, of people in this world. You have victors and victims. Okay, and all of these people that she's trying to call tokens, their message is about creating victors and not victims, and I think that message resonates far more strongly than anything else in which this person has to offer, and what they have to offer is not a heck of a whole lot. However, that is everything that I have for you guys uh, in this segment, Um, remember to check me out or follow me at Twitter or on Twitter at jssanchez1998 don't forget to uh subscribe uh, on iTunes the Joe Sanchez show we're also on Buzzsprout and SoundCloud at Buzzsprout it's the Joe Sanchez show the Joe Sanchez show com. that address again is the Joe Sanchez show com. Okay? You guys have a good week, and we will see you next Sunday. Thank you very much.